One of the big questions people have when it comes to improving the ranking of their website and doing SEO is how do I get backlinks? Well, in this podcast, I'm going to give you 17 ways to get links in 2022 and beyond. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing page. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. Amongst other things, we do SEO and content marketing for our clients. We help our clients get more leads and sales from their websites. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about, helping you to get more leads and sales from your website. Now, backlinks are one of the core components of an SEO campaign. Yes, Still in 2021, 2022, we are talking about backlinks. Personally, I expected in 2012, the lifespan of backlinks to be somewhat limited, but here we are, they still work and we are still talking about them. Now, links are a great way of showing Google that your website is an authority on your topic and this can help improve your ranking. And really, it's very difficult to rank for competitive search terms without a good quality link profile. But getting links is not easy. If you've ever written some amazing stuff on your website and posted it, hoping that you would just organically attract inbound links, then you've probably been extremely disappointed to find that links don't typically just happen. You actually need to go out there and work for them. So we're going to look at 17 different strategies today to get links. um, And most of them are active. They are things that you are going to do. Now, Um, Some of these are relatively straightforward. Some of them require a lot of work. I would caution you against rejecting the ones that require a lot of work because often the ones that require a lot of work are the most effective ones. They are also the ones that your competitors are least likely to engage with. And of course, if you're listening to this thinking, I don't have time for any of this stuff, but I need some help, then the team here at Exposure Ninja, this is what we do all day, every day. So we can certainly help you. Anyway, strategy number one is an oldie but a goodie and that is to publish skyscraper content so skyscraper technique is all about looking at the content that is ranking best for search terms that you think uh, you really want to target so these might be highly relevant informational terms they might be highly relevant commercial terms now most of the time when we're using skyscraper technique we are looking for either these highly relevant informational terms or commercial terms, but where information content is showing up. So for example, I don't know, best uh, iPhone case 2022 or something like that, where you're likely not to get necessarily commercial pages showing up, you're likely to get some kind of review content showing up. The skyscraper technique is all about looking at what's ranking best and creating some content which is significantly better. And it has to be significantly better for this to work. So for example, if the stuff that's ranking has got loads of rich media, we call it, which is basically just pictures and videos and GIFs and stuff like that, then you need to make sure that you're including that rich media in your blog post as well. It has to be significantly better because step two is to then go and look at the links which are pointing at the uh, original piece of content and then do some outreach to those websites and say, hey, I notice you're linking to this, you know, 
uh, 20 best iPhone cases of 2022. Well, we've just put together this guide of the 50 best iPhone cases in 2022, and they've got subcategories and rich media. Um, would you consider linking to us instead? Now, of course, not everyone is going to say yes, but some of them are, and that is the point. So the point is to completely dominate and crush the existing content with quality, and then reach out to the businesses, the websites, the blogs, the news sites, or whatever that are linking to that original post and see if you can basically steal the link. That's the skyscraper technique. So it works and it's some work. Yes, it's definitely some work, but it's an effective strategy. The next thing to do is to promote your content on social media. Now, it's easy to dismiss this. Oh yeah, of course, we, you know, we tried sharing our posts or whatever and it hasn't really worked. But it's really tempting as a marketer to put 90% of your time into creating something and then almost treat the promotion of it as a bit of an afterthought, right? We do this all the time. I am massively guilty of this. I will, you know, for, for the Exposure Ninja videos in this podcast, for example, I can only basically be involved with the creation aspect because once it's created and once it's done and uploaded to someone or a Google Drive somewhere, I have almost no interest in it whatsoever. And at that point, the promoters need to take over because otherwise I'm just going to be creating, pushing it out into the world and nothing is going to happen. It's all in the promotion. So same with if you're creating blog posts, you're writing good stuff, you're maybe making videos or whatever, and you're putting it on your website, but you're not actually promoting it. Well, you might not be getting the traction that you need. So promote it on social media. Now, most people will just post, you know, a couple of lines of text and then a link back to their uh, blog post. And they'll hope that people will share this and, you know, all of this stuff. And then of course, they're utterly disappointed and mortified when nothing happens with it at all. And it gets a couple of likes from, you know, their mum and the next door neighbor who somehow found their business page. Other than that, no traction. You can do better than this, though. Whether this is creating a custom thumbnail for the piece that you've written with the title in or whether it's creating a short video version, basically giving something which is native to social media. So something engaging that looks like, you know, social content, but that is relevant to the post that you've written. So for example, one of the things that we'll do is we'll create a video version of a blog post. We'll then take snippets from that video and put that in a social post you know, really short snippets that are easily digestible, and then link back to the blog post from that social post. So it gives people a reason. And it gives them some incentive to go back to the post because they've seen a snippet from the video, and they can go to that post to watch the full video. So there's loads of things that you can do. You can also add things like polls to your social uh, media posts as well, just to get people engaged a bit more and then link through to the results or link through to something that is related to the poll. The next strategy that you can use is broken link building. So the premise here is relatively simple. Websites change their URLs, they delete content all the time. And when they do this, often it creates broken links on other websites that were linking to that information or that article. So you can then contact the original website that was linking to this article that is now gone. And you can say, hey, I noticed that you had this link on your site, it's broken which is, you know, nobody wants broken links on your site. So do you want to link to our article instead, which does a similar sort of job or covers a similar sort of topic? So the challenge here is all about finding the broken links in the first place. Now for this, you're going to need some sort of SEO tool. So we use things like SE ranking or SEMrush. Um, you can use Ahrefs as well. And whatever tool that you use, basically what you want to do is collect a list 
of the uh, some of the highest authority topic sites, so the highest uh, authority sites in your topic that publish a lot of information. So what you're really looking for is like if you're in the medical space, for example, it might be WebMD. So sites like this that have you know, huge amounts of content and are going to be getting loads and loads of inbound links. What you're going to do is you're going to put their domains into whatever SEO platform that you're using and order their pages by which ones have the most links. Now, you want to put a filter on this of URLs that are now 404ing. Okay, so what you're essentially telling the tool to do is to find me the URLs on this site that have a lot of links but now don't exist, right? That's really what you want to do because it's those 404 pages that you want to replace the links for. What you're going to do then is you're going to grab the URLs from each of these four, now 404 pages that has links and you're going to put them in the Wayback Machine. So if you go to archive.org, it's a really useful tool that's quite quirky and good fun to play with, but it allows you to see a web page at previous points in history. Now, what you want to do is you want to look at the old version of that page that had picked up the link so you can see what sort of content it had, what topic it was about. What that allows you to do is then find the stuff on your website which is most relevant, or if you can't find anything that's most relevant, then create something which is relevant that kind of does the job that the original article did. You can then replicate that on your site and you can reach out to the original linkers because you'll be able to see in the SEO tool all of the domains that are linking through to that now dead page and say, hey, do you want to link to us instead? Yes, it's a bit of work. Yes, you've got to use an SEO tool, but there are some awesome free trials out there. If you go to, for example, uh, thankyouninjas.com, you can get a free trial of SEMrush. Or if you go to uh, bestninjatool.com, you can get a free trial of SE ranking and have a play with it. The fourth strategy is to replace outdated links. So what you're going to do here is you're going to find old content on these high authority sites in your space, which you know could really do with being updated that has a lot of links. So similar sort of approach, you're going to work out which sites in your space publish the most information, which are the ones with the highest volume of links, you know, these huge content hub sites. You're then going to put their URL into their domain, into your SEO tool, and order the results by the pages that have the most links. Now, what you're really looking for is you're really looking for kind of information pages. So blog, articles, knowledge-based type stuff. You can then look through these pages to see when they were last updated and if there is anything that is out of date. So what works especially well here is stuff that has, you know, that does need to be updated. So anything around regulations or laws, or if there's trends or, you know, new strategies, new technologies coming out in the space, this can mean that an article that was published two or three years ago can in some cases feel completely prehistoric. If you then find a page which is really prehistoric and could do with being updated, you then create a newer, better, fresher, awesome version of that and then reach out to the websites that are linking to that say, hey, you're linking to this thing from, you know, back in the days before GDPR and all this type of stuff. You know, let's let's link to this new fresher content. This is much better. So that's a great way of picking up links in areas where things move relatively quickly and there is a you know a lot of outdated content out there. The next strategy for getting links is to create infographics. Now again, infographics are one of these things that 
have been talked about for the last, whatever, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. And, and they're still relevant. They're still getting links. They're still being shared on Pinterest and social. So often a, an article will contain some data or it will contain a lot of information. And what makes that information most shareable is putting it into something which explains it very concisely in a graphic. You can get infographics done on, you know, by designers on different design websites, relatively straightforward. You just give them the information, they will design something pretty for you. Now, infographics tend to pick up more links than just plain blog posts. For example, we'll often link to infographics in either our own blogs or our client posts. They are just a really linkable thing to do because you want to feature that information on your site and you want to make your blog post stand out a bit more because if someone's writing about something boring, they can make that blog post look more interesting by including someone else's infographic. And when they do, they will then link through to the original page where that infographic was shared. So it's a way of creating something that's linkable, that is attractive for people to link to. You can also do outreach if you want to share it with people that have written about this topic in the past, if you want extra brownie points, if you're that sort of person. The next strategy is actually an outreach strategy. So I've spoken about how you contact different website owners. Um, to whether it's, you know, sharing an updated link or sharing a, uh, uh, an article for something that is broken. But outreach is a big kind of unknown and people often get intimidated by the idea of outreach. It feels uncomfortable to us to reach out to website owners and to, you know, site managers and pitch ourselves, essentially. That feels unnatural and it feels weird. So how do we actually get through given that we've all had those emails from people saying, you know, I've got this article, can you link to it, please? How do you actually get through? Well, the first thing to know is it is a numbers game, you're not going to get anything like a 50% success rate with your link outreach. So if you're the sort of person that gets disheartened, because you sent five emails and not had any links published, then you need to have a word with yourself. This is the sort of thing where rejection is the norm. And actually, if you get the link with, you know, five, six, seven emails, you're not doing too badly at all. So what sort of outreach strategy can you use? How can you make the outreach a little bit more personal? Well, the first thing is to show that you've actually looked at the person's website that you're linking to. This has to feel like a value exchange. Otherwise, it's just, hey, can you link to me? Can you do me a favor? And that person isn't necessarily going to log into their website go and do a bunch of work just because they like you and you happen to pitch them that day. So we would usually reference some existing stuff that they have on their website in a natural way. Um, if the site owner shares their personality or the writer shares their personality, we'll look to find some kind of commonality, maybe, you know, we're both into cats or something like that, that we can reference in the, uh, in the email. But it's also really important to sell the work that has gone into whatever content you're trying to get them to link to. So if you've put together a really detailed guide, for example, and you've uh, got some social proof around it, for example, it's been featured a lot, or it's been talked about, or you've, uh, you've referenced loads of different people, or you've put together a big study that's, you know, that, that has value to it, then you should sell that. I'm going to read you an example of a great outreach email taken from HubSpot. So the headline was, guide to Instagram ad analytics. And the email goes, hi, Sophia, I'm sure you get a lot of content submissions. 
but I wanted to bring to your attention a new guide we released about the ins and outs of Instagram advertising. Okay, so it's acknowledging immediately that you get a lot of content submissions, right? This isn't the first one. And it's also cutting straight to the chase. We're not kind of three paragraphs in and we're just talking about their family and all this stuff. And we're like, oh, by the way, can you link to us? Because, you know, they're immediately feeling like we've wasted their time. So we're cutting to the chase, but we're actually, you know, we're not we're not scared of mentioning the fact that we're here for a link. The email continues. This helpful how-to guide tells you everything you need to know about advertising on Instagram and how to drive ROI, in addition to sharing real-world examples of ads that delivered results. Now, this is an important piece because most on this topic, most guides on this topic, would not share the real results. So here's something that is interesting and different. Anyway, it continues. Shameless humble brag here. The guide has been downloaded more than 5,000 times and has been retweeted more than 4,000 times. So I wanted to make sure you had a chance to check it out. Do you think it would be a good fit for the Socialville vlog, uh, blog? I'd love to get your thoughts. Best, Jack. Okay, so we've added the social proof there. The fact that this guide has had traction. Now, if you don't have loads of traction with your content, then what you might want to do is talk about the um, you know, any data that went into it, any research that has been compiled that goes into it to make this seem like not just an ordinary piece. There has to be something about it that feels special and feels unique. Also, a question at the end, do you think it would be a good fit for the Socialville blog? So what we're not doing is saying, can you link to it? Right, we're saying, do you think it would be a good fit? I'd love to get your thoughts. So it's quite gentle, but it's very clearly asking for a feature. Now, outreach takes practice, it takes work, and it's it's just relentless. It really is. Our content marketing ninjas here at Exposure Ninja, they are, you know, rejection is water off a duck's back. They keep going and, you know, building relationship with different publishers in different spaces really helps you to get through here. But if you're new to this, you've just got to put the time in. There's no other way of doing it. Now let's talk about some link building strategies for your entire website. So these are ones where maybe you might be getting links through to your homepage. The first one that we're going to look at is writing testimonials for other websites. So the software companies that you use or key suppliers that you have, you can contact them and say, hey, we'd love to contribute a testimonial to your website. Because when you then give them a testimonial, you'll say, hey, can you just link to our website in the testimonial? Pretty simple, right? You're giving them some value and that you're selling whatever they sell for them. You're talking about how awesome it is, how much you love it. And then you're getting the link in return. It's very difficult for someone to resist putting a fat, juicy testimonial on their website. And the exchange for a backlink to their website is, you know, it's a very, very fair exchange. An example, we have a link from, or we have a link to Sarah Willingham, uh, Dragon from Dragon's Den. On our site, Exposure Ninja is fantastic, no matter which member of the team I deal with. I always, I'm always talking to a true expert. They're passionate about their field, fun to work with, and are brilliant at what they do. And then we link to our website because it's natural right? It's natural. It's not a, it's not a, you know, it doesn't feel weird. It's obvious that we would link through to her website in that context. So you don't need to feel embarrassed about asking for a link to your website with the testimonial that you give. So like I say, key suppliers, any software companies that you use, basically anyone that has good visibility or relevance in your space, you can offer them a testimony and ask for a link. The next strategy is listing your site or asking for your site to be listed on resource pages. Now, we talked earlier about this guide, you know, the best iPhone cases of 2022. And loads of these sort of um, comparison review lists get ranking for some really good commercial terms. Let's say that you wanted to get listed in a guide like that to get a backlink. 
what you would do is you would search for best iPhone cases 2022 and you would look through the articles that are ranking for this term. You would then open each of those articles and have a look at the author byline, who has written them, and do they have their contact details on the site. If they don't, you can use a platform like hunter.io to get their email address based on their name and the domain that they're on. You can then reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we've got this iPhone case, it's pretty crazy, um, but we thought you might wanna feature it in your guide. Now again, they're not all gonna do this, but they want their article to rank. They want their article to be the best and most complete on that topic. So they are actually incentivized to keep making sure that that article is complete and is good. And if you can give them the text that they can just add, straight into their article, which talks about you in a similar sort of tone of voice to the rest of the article, then you are shortcutting the work that they have to do. So it can be a great thing to do. The next source, we're on tip number nine. Tip number nine and next source of backlinks is unlinked brand mentions. This is where people are already talking about your business, but they are not linking to your website. Okay, so pretty straightforward thing to do. You're going to search for your brand name. You're going to find websites that are mentioning you but not linking through to your site. You're then going to reach out to them and say, hey, you're already mentioning us. Can you link to our site? Pretty straightforward. So you can do this by phrase matching your brand name if you're multiple words or just searching for your name and excluding your own website from that list and having a look to see what websites are mentioning you already but not linking to you. The next link strategy, spying on your competitors, is a sort of variation of the skyscraper technique. But what you're doing here is you're not necessarily looking at the content that's ranking best on Google. Instead, you're looking at your competitors' best content. Now this might be slightly different. In fact, it's often slightly different to the best stuff that's ranking on Google. So what you're gonna do, you're gonna put your competitors into an SEO tool like SEMrush, thankyouninjas.com for a free trial, or SE ranking, bestninjatool.com. You're gonna put your competitors' websites into these tools and order their pages by the ones that are getting the most links. Often it will be their homepage that is performing best. Right, but often they'll be, uh, the, you know, further down the, the the order of pages by number of links will be the content section on their website, their blogs, their knowledge bases, their guides, that type of thing. What you can then do is have a look at all the links that are pointing to each of these pieces of content. You're then going to improve on the stuff that they've posted on their website and pretty sneaky, but you're going to go out to all the websites that are linking to them and say, hey, we've written this thing, which is even better. Now, this is a double whammy. It's like the equivalent of a six-pointer in football, right? Where you're not only getting links for your content, but you're also essentially taking links away from your competitors by getting the sites that were previously linking to them to link to you instead. Now, again, this is a hard work strategy, but as you've probably noticed, that is kind of the theme of all of these. And it's well worth doing, even if you get a relatively low success rate. The next tip is digital PR. Now, there's different flavors of digital PR, which we're going to talk about um, in the next few tips. But really, we've made videos and we've made separate podcasts all about digital PR. So I'm not going to go in depth here. But the kind of first strategy for digital PR is to get familiar with the people who write about your space on the news and the magazine sites. So if you're like hardcore, boring B2B business, this is going to be the trade sites that talk about the topic that you're in. If you're more B2C, 
This might be, uh, you know, consumer people who write for different newspaper and magazine websites. When you have something that is newsworthy, and that's a really important thing to get right, when you actually have something that's newsworthy, not you, you know, your CEO just got uh, appointed to the whatever, blah, 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 or you've just got this boring safety accreditation. I'm talking about something that's legitimately newsworthy, like, you know, something big in your industry has happened, or you've come up with some new innovation, or you've got a new policy, which is one of the first in your space, you know, something like that. When you've got something like this, you can just reach out to these people that are writing in your space and saying, hey, we got this thing, wanted to know if it would be of any interest. Because these people, it's very easy to think of journalists as like permanently disinterested. But actually, it's their job to find newsworthy stuff to share with their audience. Now, obviously, the skill is all about finding something that is actually newsworthy. 99%, that is a Tim statistic of press releases that are put out there should never have been press releases because nobody is interested. Not even the writer's mother would be interested in the content of most press releases. So we're talking about here something that is legitimately newsworthy or a newsworthy angle on something that they have to talk about. So new product releases, what's the angle? Where is this going? Why would somebody actually want to write about? And the filter to use is, can you imagine seeing this being talked about on the website that you're trying to get coverage with? If you can't, then you either need to find a better angle for it, or you need to make something more newsworthy. And we're going to talk through some strategies on how to do this in just a second. The next strategy is becoming a source for reporters. Okay, so this is a, a flavor of digital PR, if you like. There are loads of services like help a reporter out, response source, hashtag journal request, and hashtag PR request on Twitter, where journalists and reporters are pressed for time and they need sources for their articles. You can be that source as long as you, you know, you actually have expertise in this area. So for example, help a reporter out will send out requests for experts to talk about topic X. They have a deadline, they need to talk to this person, they need to get a quote by this particular time and here's the, uh, here's the article author, here's the journalist, here's the reporter and where they write for. You then reply to that saying, hey, um, I can give you a quote or here's the quote that you can use and then they will feature you in that article if it's relevant and you know timely and you get there on time and stuff. They will feature that in the article that they're putting together and include a link back to your website. So it's a great way of getting some really, really high authority links. I've used this strategy personally to make some great relationships with writers in places like The Times, The Telegraph, uh, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine. If you just search for hashtag journal request or hashtag PR request on Twitter, you will see some real high-end, good quality journalists who just need somebody to talk to on a particular topic because they need a quote for an article that they're writing. And there are some real top-tier publication links up for grabs if you do this. So firstly, you need to be friendly and you need to be quick. So if someone says, I need to talk to somebody about, uh, you know, the new iPhone that's just been released, I'm looking for someone who has, uh, has expertise in uh, microchip supply, whatever, to talk about the new chip shortages and how that could impact the iPhone. You need to be firstly, hi, I'm this person, blah, 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 here's some credentials and here's my take. If you can give them your take very quickly, they then don't have to come back to you to then ask for your take. And if that person has just had, you know, 50 responses to their tweet or to their, to their Harrow request, 
and all of them say, hey, yeah, I can help you out. How do they then decide which people to go back to? So if you can give them your hot take straight away in the tweet or the email, they can then qualify you, see that you are relevant for this, and then you've got more chance of being used. So that's tip number 12. Become a source for reporters. It is a fantastic strategy. Tip number 13, start guest blogging. Now, guest blogging gets a bit of a bad rap in some spaces, but actually it's still a fundamentally useful strategy. Like reporters, bloggers are busy and particularly, you know, hobbyist blogs or smaller blogs, often they're run by one person who just simply doesn't have enough time to fill the site with the information that they would like to do. So you can then reach out to people and offer guest posts. Now, you need to be careful here. You need to write something new and original for each site. You need to have a new headline for each article that you're publishing. And you need to view this as an opportunity to contribute to their website, not just to write a promotional, you know, basically a, a paid article that actually just promotes you. What you're not looking for here is advertorial content. You're actually looking to contribute something useful to their blog which fits with what they would normally publish and adds relevance and uh, value to their audience. If you just go in with guest blogging to say, you know, we want to talk about our new widget, can we just write you a guest blog on your website to talk about our new widget? You're going to get no traction because nobody cares. Remember, not even your mother cares about your new widget. What you've got to do instead is say, hey, um, you've got some amazing articles about uh, the different technologies behind this widget. Um, I've got some really relevant background in this space and here's my credentials and here's why I'm an expert on it. I'd love to contribute an article on, you know, the trends that are coming in this space or something like that. Um, is this the sort of thing that you'd be interested in me writing? If so, I'd love to send you over a sample. Once they've said yes, then you can then create the article and create the headline and send it over. And that's when you can start building that relationship and hopefully getting more articles published in the future. What you don't want to do is spend the time creating the article first without knowing where it's going to be placed. And of course, you want to go out to each different blog that you're targeting with a different article with different headlines. Otherwise, if you're just posting duplicate articles everywhere, you're not going to get as much value from them as if they are unique. And often blogs won't want to publish something that has already been published elsewhere. Next strategy, number 14, guest appearances on podcasts. Podcast guest appearance um, outreach has exploded over the last couple of years. We could fill this podcast with guests five times over just from the people that are outreaching trying to get on the show. This is something that works. If you have a story or you are good at talking about your business or you have any kind of charisma or personality whatsoever, or even just more than the average personality and charisma in your space, which for some markets doesn't set a particularly high benchmark, then you can be a podcast guest. The great thing about being a podcast guest is people will link to you in their show notes. And these will often be syndicated on lots of different platforms. So for example, when I'm on a podcast, I'll get a link from the podcast owner's website. They'll also stream it on uh, iTunes. So you get a link from there on Stitcher, on Spotify, all these different podcast platforms, if you do a video version, then YouTube as well. And they're all links back to your website. So it's a great way of getting links. And you can get multiple links just by talking about whatever, whatever is interesting to their audience. So be as useful as they possibly can, because then they will share that podcast out. And you can get then get traction with it. Don't just go on and talk about yourself. Obviously, it's like a guest blog thing. 
picture the target audience for that podcast and see how you can help that person as much as possible. Yes, it's nice to talk about ourselves, but a podcast isn't usually the place to do it unless that's your story. Be as useful as possible. Then that podcast host will share your episode repeatedly everywhere. And when they do it, they're obviously creating links back to the podcast page, which is linking to your website. So this is really, really helpful. Strategy number 15 is a kind of cedar for digital PR, and that is to conduct an original study. This is a big one. It can potentially be a huge amount of work, but it can also be a massive potential link magnet. So news um, articles need statistics to back up what they're saying. Many news sites also like new uh, like new stats that come out. If you read uh, public, I used to read the Times a lot, and when you read the Times and you've got this filter on, when you know that public, uh, when you know that businesses are creating original studies for use in PR and digital PR you start seeing the news in a completely different light. If you read the Times and you see how many of the articles, particularly ones that are driven by statistic headlines, are actually a write-up of a study that a business has created, you realize how ubiquitous this is in the PR world. Most statistic things, articles, stories, have come from some sort of study And that study has been promoted by the people that have conducted it as a way of either getting links or getting attention or getting PR. You can do this too. So um, lots of different ways of doing this, uh, but I'm going to talk you through some examples. So for example, uh, Compare the Market during the COVID-19 pandemic created a study on how clean is your car. So they looked at how dirty the average car was. And this was really timely because people were thinking about, you know, you've got loads of kind of macro trends around emissions and diesel and all that type of stuff. But also you've got heightened awareness because of the pandemic and people thinking about, you know, airborne particles and that type of stuff. So they chose a study that was relevant to their brand. It's going to get them links mentioning cars and it's going to get them links on car websites so they can build links to their car insurance pages. And it's something that is actually newsworthy and in the public consciousness. So it hits that real sweet spot between what's relevant for the brand and what's relevant for the audience. Another example on the Sky website. So Sky is a, I should have mentioned, Compare the Market is like an insurance comparison site for those who live outside the UK. Um, Sky is a uh, broadband TV. You know Sky. Actually, wherever you live, you know Sky. (laughs) Rupert Murdoch's um, baby. It's left home now, but it's baby. Um, So Sky ran a small talk study, which was all about what the UK's favorite small talk topics were. Now, on the surface of this, this doesn't seem particularly relevant. But actually, when you look at the survey results, the TV shows that people have watched are one of their favorite small talk topics. So this gives them a really natural kind of in to talking in their PR that they do about, you know, the fact that the UK is now talking more about TV shows than whatever, their family or their dreams or aspirations or something equally bleak, right? So this gives them a way of talking about something which, again, meets this kind of intersection between what's interesting to the general public, what's interesting to the publications, and what Sky wants to get links and wants to get talked about because they want to get people talking about TV shows. Another example in a different format is Google's year in review. So each year, Google does a year of review. They put it in uh, on YouTube and it gets a whole bunch of links from people. Now, obviously, Google doesn't need links, but you get the gist of why they're doing this, right? They're They're doing this to get talked about. 
and to get mentioned so you can do a similar thing. Now, what really helps is if your business collects some sort of data or has some sort of insight that other people don't have, then this is really useful and you can then turn that into a study, you can turn it into some original insight. If you don't already have that data, then you can pay to go and get it. So you can work with a company like YouGov and they can go out and conduct studies for you. If you wanna do it very simply and very quickly, then you can just do a Google survey. So you know when you go on YouTube and you see that survey that you have to click through before you can watch the video, you can do those. And you can ask people, you know, uh, which of these things do you care the most about? Yeah, environment, how hungry I am, uh, you know, what's for dinner? You know, you get the gist and then you get people clicking on it and you can turn that data into articles and news stories, which you can then do press outreach to get links from. So this can be really, really powerful. We're also going to talk about some paid backlink strategies. So these aren't free. Every backlink strategy has some kind of cost, right? Whether it's time or money, but um, paid backlink strategies are where you're actually handing over money. Now, of course, you've got to be careful with this because technically any paid backlink that you get should have the right tags and it should be, uh, you know, labeled properly as sponsored content. But you know, some people don't. And in fact, large sections of the media industry are funded almost entirely by people paying for backlinks. It's the great unspoken truth of the world of media. So I'll leave it up to you to decide what you want to do. But the first strategy is sponsored content. So if you've ever been on a news site that is on the correct side of the line, then you might have seen an article which says sponsored at the top. Um, and this is because the business has paid for some content to be featured on the website. Now, this can often be a, a better way of getting people's eyeballs than necessarily running ads on the site because a lot of people are ad blind or they've got ad blockers and they kind of tune out banner ads, but they don't tune out articles. The key with sponsor content is just because that publication will publish anything that you want within reason, you still don't want to make it boring. You still don't want them to just publish your boring, tragic press release that even your mother doesn't care about. You want them to publish something which is fitting with the style of the publication and that will actually be interesting to people. Because just getting the content on the website is only really half the battle. What you want is them to publish something which gets eyeballs, gets clicks. They can then actually get links to that article, which will help if you're linked to in the article that, uh, you know, that, that you've published as well. So publish something interesting and relevant so people actually want to read it. The next strategy is blogger outreach. So blogger outreach is basically a form of influencer marketing where you are sending products out to bloggers to write about them. Now this, while we've included this in the paid um, section of this guide, it doesn't actually have to be necessarily that you pay the blogger. What you can do is for some lower authority bloggers, they will just take your product in return for a review. The, the important thing is you're sending stuff out, and they are writing a review and including it on their website. Now, if you think about most bloggers, particularly if they've got sites where they review product, they have to work to continually fill this blog full of stuff. That is just part of the game. It's like any publication. They need to fill their site with stuff and information. So actually, if you've got something that's relevant and interesting to their audience, you are doing them a service by reaching out and saying, hey, we'd love to send you some stuff just to see what you think. Couple of keys here. Um, if you're going to be paying, make sure you know exactly what you're going to be getting so you can talk to them and specify, you know, we want a feature on your website with a link. Uh, we want to be featured on your social channels or whatever. If you're not paying, then 
generally, unless your product is very high value, then you are sort of, you have less power, right? So you might just have to send it over to them and say, hey, we'd, you know, we'd love to see if you like this enough to feature it on your website and include a review. But that can be very good. Um, you need to write a killer pitch explaining why you've chosen them, particularly if they've reviewed other products in the past that you loved their review, you found it really useful. You've been following them ever since and you've kind of wanted to send them something. And you know now finally is the time when you think it's read, ready. Also highlight what's great about your products, particularly if there's anything different about it as well. Okay, so there you have it, 17 ways to get links. I'm gonna give you a bonus one because I'm just feeling so generous. And what's more is this strategy can get you some of the highest authority links on the planet. Now, we've used this strategy for clients and it is incredibly effective. And that is running university competitions, running student competitions. So here's the deal, right? You want to get good quality links. And one of the highest authority sources of links are university websites. Okay, they're very difficult to get links on. Um, they are typically quite, uh, because they're difficult, there's a high benchmark, if you like, for getting a link from a university website. They're also very trusted by Google because they have a lot of links coming into them. And because they are, you know, these are established, reputable um, institutions, they are not linking to dodgy scam sites, typically, unless they've been hacked. So you really want links on university websites, because they can be very difficult to get. Now, there's a few ways that you can get links on university websites. We've seen all sorts of things from some businesses sponsoring a scholarship to a particular university or sponsoring a part of the university's campus or something like that in order to get a link. But one of the fastest ways to do it is to run a student competition. So here's how you're going to do it. You're going to work out what sort of topic the university will be interested in, what sort of topic is going to mobilize students. So at the moment, anything around sustainability, um, carbon, you know, business, ambition, or anything that's, you know, topically relevant. So say that you're, a, I don't know, let's say that you're a, a wearable device manufacturer, right? So you make a, an Apple Watch competitor. Well, what you might want to do is reach out to physiotherapy departments, or um, physical education departments at universities and say, hey, you know, we're running this competition, we really want to hear about what students have predicted about the future of wearable technology. We want to uh, run this competition to get students to design or come up with an idea for a new piece of wearable technology. Now, what's going to happen here is you're going to offer some sort of decent, chunky prize. So this might be cash, it might be an internship, it might be some sort of feature that actually makes a lot of sense and is something that's really attractive to students. So for example, um, we've run a competition with clients where we run a student contest to see who could come up with the best business idea. So we ran this with a client who works in company formation. So this is very relevant to their business. We ran a contest where students had to submit their ideas for the best business idea. And I and a bunch of other people would judge it and pick a winner. And that person won a whole bunch of money. And I think their company to get officially formed and, you know, set up and all the back end stuff set up. Now, how this turns into links is a lot of these universities will have contest or student discount type pages on their site. And if you reach out to universities and say, hey, um, we've got this student contest running, we wanted to know if you wanted to share it with your students where they can win blah, blah, blah. If it's a decent contest, a number of them will say, yeah, great, cool, we'll add this to our site. You then get a link because the contest is being run on your website right? It's awesome. Then you can take this to another level. Once you've got all the contest entries in and you've got some winners and stuff, 
you can then write about the best ideas, link uh, or reach out to the universities where those students came from and say, hey, you know, your, your university, one of these people had this amazing idea. We've just written it up on our blog. We're super proud of it. Do you want to share it with your newsletter and with all your people? And they will then often link to it again. So you get two links from the universities that submit um, ideas or, or, or two links from the universities where the students attend who submitted great ideas. So there you have it, 17 plus one link building strategies. Um, go and have some fun with them. Go and play with them. Now, if you want some help improving your website's ranking and you're like, great, Tim, that's just 17 plus one things that I'm never going to have the time to do, um, then the good news is the team here at Exposure Ninja, this is what we do. This is our our kind of uh, daily life, if you like. We can help you with this, but the first thing to do is actually to give you some free help to work out where the opportunities are with all this type of stuff. So you can request a free website and digital marketing review from the team here at Exposure Ninja. All you need to do is go to exposureninja.com forward slash review, fill in a short questionnaire, tell us a bit about your business and your goals. We will then analyze your website, your digital marketing, your current links, and any opportunities that we can see to improve your ranking and improve your visibility in the future. Now, today we've been talking about SEO and content marketing, but we'll also look at pay-per-click advertising opportunities, social media opportunities, conversion rate optimization opportunities, and email marketing opportunities as well, because these are all also areas that we have a lot of clients and we help clients with. This service is completely free of charge, totally awesome. So go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and digital marketing review today. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast or follow it if you're on Spotify or one of these platforms that has follow instead of subscribe. And I'll see you next time.